On this episode of What the Fun Podcast, the ladies talk about the latest pick-up-all tarot readings from astrologer Chris Corsini, their experiences in leadership growth from working with great people to not-so-great people, and meeting with Corporate Director of Creative Development of Cedar Fair Entertainment, Ken Parts. All this on What the Fun Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to a new episode of What the Fun, episode 28. Oh yeah, 28. 28. Oh my gosh. <gasps> speaking of that, um, happy new year again, once again to everyone. Um, speaking of new year, I don't know about y'all ladies, but did you listen to, uh, or not listen to, but um, watched Chris Corsini pick a pile? Pick a pile? <laughs> uh, did you see that episode, pick a pile? Because I picked a yes, pile. Sure did. Oh my god! What did your pile say? Well, my pile. Um, so there are three rocks to choose from. I chose a rock, a uh, rose quartz. It was the last one in that pile. Um, was basically um, things are going to be kind of slow for me, in a sense where this is going to allow me to plan. Um, you know, I got to restructure myself basically after a, you know, rough. 2021 this is like a year for me to slow down and rebuild plan things out you know um reaching out to the community to help me and for me to give that energy back and help others you know give and take give and take type deal but like some sort of mentoring yeah 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 (laughs) definitely mentoring but what were the other two readings the other two um, piles. Well, I picked the middle pile, and I don't remember the the crystal. It was very interesting. It looked like it was a ball, like a planet. Yeah, yeah it looked like a planet, uh, and it drew me. And what that one was talking about was letting go of things that no longer serve you, and re- allowing yourself to restructure your life to invite more love, abundance, and creativity. But in order to do that, you kind of have to let go of the things that no longer serve you to allow space for the new things to come. It kind of reminds me of that organizer. What's her name? Um, uh, she was like popular. Marie Kondo. Yes. Marie Kondo. If it doesn't give you uh, happiness or what is that? If it doesn't spark joy. Thank, thank you. Yes. You spark go. joy. Hashtag. Spark joy. Spark let joy it go. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I, yeah. I mean, that's how I organize all my stuff. Yeah. I have the book too. It's right here. What did you What did you pick, Kisa? Because I know that you listen to this too. You do. I, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, but you watch all three. Like you listen to all three, don't you? Well, I'll tell you normally the first I do, one. but I haven't. I haven't listened to them yet, so I don't know this one. The first one was just be patient. Like allow yourself to <laughs> let things come to you, kind of thing. I feel like that's like been like the reading. Like the past months for Leo has just been kind of to be patient, like, which I mean, I think is, has been accurate. Like uh, before it was like, like, I remember distinctly in the summer, it was just like, oh, like be patient because you've been working really hard and everything that you've been working really hard for is going to like pay off. And like, that was definitely like that definitely happened Mm -hmm. for me. So I definitely... I would be surprised. I mean, now now I know what all three mean, so I have to just like watch the video yeah. to see yeah, like you, which one would I pick. Yeah, which one calls you? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I love listening to that. 
I just love that. It helps restructure things. Sometimes things get overwhelming and you think like, oh, what should I be doing or what shouldn't I be doing? Right. You need some sort of guidance and that is always helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I guess we could apply guidance in different parts of our lives as well, right? Like professionally, we could look at that. And sometimes, I, I mean, for me personally, I, sometimes I feel at work, I'm like, like uh, overwhelmed mm-hmm. with things. Mm-hmm. And it's important to reach out and say, help, yeah. help me, please. Or, <laughs> or like, hey, I'm feeling this. What do you feel? Mm-hmm. And having that like a mentor mm-hmm. or confidant or person that you can talk to is always helpful yeah. and it helps you grow as a person as well. I think you can apply that in anything in your life. Absolutely. Have you guys ever had someone that you felt met that for you and inspired you to do greater things in life or make those decisions that led to abundance? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I had that a lot when I was at Disney. On my shelves, which are newly styled <laughs> as of today. <laughs> I actually have a post-it up there from Alice Harkins that she left me on her retirement day. Aww. And I kept it. Aww. It's up there. I see it's a blue one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is a great person. Yeah. I mean, she, she was, she is so great. Like, and, um, you know, I just feel like in general, like when you, the nice thing about working at Disney, like, yes, it's like completely insane and you have to just like be up, up, up ready for the challenge mm-hmm. because you don't know what is going to happen. Walk in one day and everything's on fire. Yeah. But I feel like y- you always have like a really strong team. And I definitely feel like that was the case when I was in entertainment. Like even when I was an ASM, like ASMs were really great. Um, the PSMs were great. When I became a PSM, I would like, like one of the first things I would do is like see who's on property for the day because I just like need, sometimes I just need someone to tell me that I'm not crazy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for making my decisions. You know what I mean? Like, like talk this out with me. You know what I mean? So you're not making decisions in a vacuum and sometimes, you know, there's nobody there. So you kind of have to just, just go for it. You know, but like, but I think that was like always like the really nice thing is that I always knew that there was somebody on the team. Like it didn't matter who was there that day. I was like, who is on property? Because I just need to talk this out with someone. Mm -hmm. Like this is a situation. This is what I think. Does that make sense? Is that something that you would do? You know what I mean? Like not to get validation, but just to like make sure that I'm thinking about everything, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, kind of provides that other perspective yeah. too, and helps reassure you. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say in my 24 years with the resort, you know, I've taken tidbits from lots of different leaders, some good leaders, some bad leaders, and I think those ones that you know weren't as as um, inspirational were just those that you had to think about something that I didn't want to shape myself as a leader to be, but. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, in my current role, I am surrounded by a very, you know, strong uh, uh, group of individuals who support one another. And in a way, we're kind of like family and they've, you know, helped me through tough times. You know, we all they all take care of each other. We take care of each other like as a family. And so just seeing that type of um, camaraderie 
and also support, you know, I think is um, really important, especially for this upcoming year as I restructure myself. You know, they've been helping me a lot greatly, and I'm very grateful for that. The leader that I have right now, she's been really, really awesome. But um, I take tidbits from different leaders Mm -hmm. throughout, especially throughout my journey that have helped shape me to who I am today. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. successful because of a lot of these leaders. And that comes from when I was in restaurants, you know, from restaurants to um, entertainment and everybody in between from other areas. And I've taken tidbits. And I love that our entertainment team today, you know, with shows in Atmo, parades, um, character operations, you know, I love that we all work together and help one another. You know, I know that I can lean to Renee, even though Renee and I, you know, we, us three have been friends, you know, in the last couple of years, like, even though like we're friends at work, I know I can tap Renee's shoulder, you know, for a different entertainment mm-hmm. division and another, you know, manager from a different, different department, regardless, you know, they're there to help and be supportive. You don't find that a lot in other departments, which can sometimes be a struggle. Mm-hmm. For new leaders. Yeah, it's it's fun to see that there's the um how do I say the teamwork, but yet there are individuals within the team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even within the larger team, there are sections yes. within that team. So we still keep our individuality as people and then as a team, mm-hmm. right? Different areas, but we are still able to come together yeah. and work as an overall team. Mm-hmm. I think that definitely helps create like a, a great environment to work in. I know I personally have had fantastic groups of people mm-hmm. that I've worked with. Like, And I'll go back and look at shows and remember an era based on that show and the people that I worked with. And not too long ago, I spoke with a friend who said, I miss the people. You know, that he no longer works there, mm-hmm. works somewhere else, is doing great things outside of the company. But misses the people and I think that's what a lot of us stay around for is because of that that teamwork effort and the people that you encounter and work with like I know Alice was huge mentor um, and many times it was just because she led by example and so you just saw what she was doing and not that you had a conversation with her right it was just like she was doing it right and then you knew what to do and even those negative ones those are good mm-hmm. ones too. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm definitely not doing yep. that. <laughs> but now when I'm leading, I tell people, don't do that one. Don't do what I just did. Do this instead. I just it's did not it even wrong. like it's not even like like every like like everyone like just some leaders are just like terrible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we all make bad decisions when we're leading. Yeah, <laughs> you know, decisions we can take back. <laughs> But, but, you know, I think at the same time, it's beneficial anyway to, like, still make those bad decisions mm-hmm. and be like, oh, for next time. Exactly. Next time mm-hmm. this rolls around. As long as you own it. As long as you own those mistakes, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. I look. I mean, it happens. I look forward to seeing what the next several years will be, you know, as we evolve, you know? Especially mm-hmm. next year. I wonder what evolution will happen for me. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and on our on our episode that we have, you know, coming out right now, <laughs> we're going to introduce is like, you know, we have Ken Parks who, you know, we got to work with at Disney and he is 
he's one of those leaders that is just like the best person to work with. Like, honestly, like I'm just, I've just, whenever I get to work with Ken, I'm just like so happy because Ken really takes the moment to just make sure that a, like he sees, he respects you as a professional in the room. Mm -hmm. And then he also like cares about you as an individual, you know what I mean? And he says it all the time. Like, just like, just be nice. And you know, we'll get, we'll get through Mm -hmm. it. And like, I feel like that's like been so successful for Ken and like, I love getting to work with him. So I was glad we got to have him on our show. Yeah, It's really great to go through his uh, story and see where it has led him, right? That mentality, how many doors it's opened and Mm -hmm. how many doors he's gone through and where he's at now. Cause he's, it's pretty impressive. He's up there now and it's, yeah, it's great. It's great to get to see you. So I'm excited we, we got to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. All right, can we take it away? <laughs> All right, so joining us today is a master storyteller and creative leader who has been in the themed entertainment industry for 27 years. His current role is with Cedar Fair Entertainment as a corporate director of creative development. Wow, that's quite the title. Um, he's responsible for the development and creation of new lands, attractions, and shows for the company's 13 theme parks in the United States and Canada. That includes SoCal's famous Knott's Berry Farm. Um, he's also been the you know key person in creating one of um, Knott's uh, famous um, events, which is Knott's Scary Farm. He also received the TEA Award, which is the award-winning Ghost Town Alive, which is an awesome stunt show if you haven't seen it yet at Knott's Berry Farm. Um, his attraction development works for Knott's include the V Arcade, the Calico River Rapids, and Knott's Berry Tales, you guys remember Knott's Berry Tales? I do. It was a cute little, you know, um, fun animatronic walkthrough back in the 80s, but that's changed since then. So um, I still have yet to check out the new version. Um, and so also, oh, prior to Cedar Fair, um, our guests wrote and directed shows and experiences for several internationally known entertainment companies uh, for Walt Disney Imagineering and uh, Walt Disney Creative. He was also the resident director of Aladdin, a musical spectacular, which was one of my favorite live musical productions over at uh, California Adventure, and Frozen Live at the Hyperion. He was also involved in the creation of Star Wars Launch Bay, Tai Chi with Donald over at Shanghai Disney, and The Muppet Presents Great Moments in History. He's got a lot going on. I mean, like the list is long. And also one more thing for Warner Brothers and Coca-Cola. He served as a writer, director of Hogwarts Castle Adventure and the 2002 Salt Lake Winter Olympics Coke Live Experience. Good heavens. Oh, my gosh. Let's welcome to the show without further ado, Mr. Ken Parks. Yay. I'm so happy to be here and I'm so happy to see all of you again. We are so excited to have you on the show. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I don't know if you remember this, but many, many moons ago. See, I, you know, worked for the mouse. Well, I still work for the mouse and you, I believe, worked for the mouse as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There used to be this restaurant called ABC Bistro, and you were one of the actors that would uh, waltz into one of the replica ABC soap opera sets and bust out into a scene. And so I remember you as this tycoon who who always cracked me up because you are, I think, personally, the most dramatic of the other aspiring actors. Thank you. Thank you. Please tell me this was you. Was that you? It was me. I (laughs) 
uh, I played, I created a character called Santiago Cortez, who was, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think he was a millionaire. I think he was a thousandaire actually, but he, uh, you know, and that was such a fun gig. You had all of these great uh, friends that I had met, you know, through uh, the improv world. And, you know, we would come into your your dining experience or to your table and perform these impromptu soap opera scenes while you ate expensive chicken. So, you know, you know probably why it's not there anymore, but that's okay. Uh, oh, no. Now it's used yeah. as a uh, Disney dance yeah, party that's a, theater. That's a better use. Well, yes. I know, I know you were acting at Disney and I know you've done a couple of things, but currently today you are the corporate director of creative development for Cedar Fair Entertainment. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. What a title. You know, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what does that mean? Exactly. You know? yeah. Tell our listeners, what does that, what does that mean? mean? <laughs> well, what it means is I'm, I am heading up uh, the planning and development uh, plus entertainment division or a section of it uh, from a creative development side. So looking at all of the, uh, we have 13 parks within the United States and Canada. Uh, and so uh, looking at all of those parks and developing, leaning a little more into story than we have previously as a company and uh, developing uh, new lands, new attractions, uh, new entertainment offerings, new experiences. Uh, and every that ranges from, uh, it, for instance, this year, I can talk about all these things because they've been released, but we have a, a, a couple of new hotels and resorts uh, that are coming online this year, along with a new land in uh, at King's Dominion in Virginia, and then uh, a new uh, a, a celebration, a gigantic 50th celebration for King's Island. And so there are a lot of those projects, are, they're buried uh, you can kind of see from that uh, listing, they're buried, but, uh, you know, I'm, uh, in charge of a team that looks at all of those things and creates and, you know, produces, uh, great experiences for families. So it's not a bad gig. It's an amazing gig. Yeah. Phenomenal. Did, did you ever think that that's where you would end up? Well, but, you know, I, I, it's it's interesting. I always knew from an early age that I wanted to do something creative. I was always creative as a kid, so I knew. Um, and and that always that pathway it kind of had an interesting pathway. Um, you know, I, I liked creative writing really early on, so I I never thought that I wanted to be a writer, but I just kind of did it. And then my mother. Uh, you know, got a call from my uh, fifth grade teacher who said, you've got to do something with him because uh, he's all he wants to do is this. So <laughs> I do from an, really early on, I've got to do that. Um, and I grew up in a really small farming community in the Central Valley of California. So there weren't, I, I didn't have anyone that I knew that did this. I didn't have anyone in my family who did it. So it seemed a little, um, far-fetched to, you know, even my family would kind of look at that and go, I don't know how you're going to make a living doing this, you know? Yeah. So um, luckily, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of think there's a lot of this that's all sort of meant to be. I think I visualized a bunch of this and, mm-hmm. and I kind of knew, I don't know that that happens for everybody, but I knew early on really, you know, I um, wanted to do this to create. So, yeah. I mean, you're such a creative person. I mean, you and and Don, your wife, and uh, yeah. I just feel like you guys are just a creative family that's just so, like, so funny and so positive to be around. It. 
I love you guys. <laughs> she's the really, she's really the funny one. You know, I'm kind of, I get, I get by, but she's, she's amazingly funny. Yeah. That's the fun part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. And, and taking it back to that, when you uh, start, where did you start acting? Because is that where you started? I mean, yes, you started writing as a kid. And then yeah. how did that get you into improv and acting, which yeah. then opened up other things for you? Well, that, uh, so that phone call from the fifth grade teacher led my mom who, you know, bless her heart, had no clue on how to, what do I do with this kid? So luckily she called a, a, a community theater that was in a town not too far from us and someone picked up the phone and it was this man by the name of John Leffingwell, who was just this guy who was just so great with, you know, trying to get the arts going in the central Valley. And uh, he said to her, well, we don't really have anything for him currently, but send him over, let him sit through rehearsals. And so I did. And so then I started doing, you know, he was doing um, uh, Taming of the Shrew was the next show that he did. And he put me in uh, to a little, he wrote a little role for me as a page. And then, you know, there was a tobogganing accident with the person that was playing Biandello. So at the age of, you know, 12, I'm now uh, Biandello. And so it just kind of went from there. I just fell in love with it. Uh-huh. And so, uh, you know, it, um, and then that became, oh, okay, this is how I express my creativity. And then I, you know, did an apprenticeship with the California Shakespeare Festival and uh, from there went to school and, and uh, uh, was at, in uh, the College of Sequoias there in the Central Valley. And then I went over to uh, UC Santa Barbara and, mm-hmm. and thought that was kind of where I was going to go. And then I ended up getting a job in all places, uh, Fresno, California, with a theater company that's still there. And at the time I was there, uh, folks like Aubrey McDonald and Sharon Leal and all of these folks mm. were, were there and we were all trying to uh, make it as performers. And I, I, the nice thing about all of this is that I've always made a living doing this. So yeah. my family had this worry they didn't know how it was going to happen. Now, I, I, I wouldn't say I've, I've gotten rich, but I, but I, I've gotten rich in the, I, in the notion that I've met so many wonderful people. Yeah. Uh, but I've made a living and I've supported a family, and um, and uh, so even in Fresno, you know, I made a living as a performer. Yeah. And was there for um, four or five years, and then I, I, I'd always wanted to. I love the melodrama theater at Knott's Berry Farm. And I've met this guy who was in um, one of the scene shops that had performed there as an actor. And I I said, how do I, how do I get to do that? That seems like really fun. And um, he said, Oh, they they never, they never hold auditions for that because it's such a great gig. And it ran for like 45 years Mm -hmm. or something. And so I was, uh, anyway, I picked up the phone one night after I talked to him and was like, well, let me just see. So I called Knox and uh, on their recording, uh, it said, hey, we're having auditions for the world famous Birdcage Theater (laughs) on Saturday at 8 a.m. And I called Friday night at 9 p.m. So I got in the car and drove down to Los Angeles and auditioned for the Birdcage Theater and, and, uh, then the story gets weirder because 
Uh, <laughs> the guy that was casting it went home and his partner said, did you see anybody good today? And he said, well, we saw these people and there's this guy from the Central Valley. But, you know, uh, and the, his partner said, well, what's what's his name? And he told him my name and uh, his partner said, you got to hire him immediately. Call him now. Wow. I had done theater within the Central Valley. <laughs> so oh, that is crazy. super crazy. <laughs> but it's, um, you know, it's that stuff of you kind of wind up, you know, I, I had always dreamed that would be fun to do. And uh-huh. I, I, I think I've just said yes a lot. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, I could have in that moment said, well, it's a four hour car ride and it's late and they wouldn't cast me anyway. Oh, yeah. or, or just listen to the guy in the first place and said like, Oh, well they don't, they're not looking for anyone. So why even make a phone call? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. No, I've, I've been led to do those. And, and I, and I wound up, you know, in some interesting spots where you, you the people that you've watched for so long and then all of a sudden you're on stage with them and it's just, mm-hmm. really, it's been, a, I mean, that's what's, that's the part about it that my life has been so rich with those moments, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Those are definitely like the moments. I remember like every time, like I would do like an event that would be like a, this is like a once in a lifetime event that you get to do, you know, everyone's always like, you have to like take a minute, like, yes, you're busy, right? Like you have to like still do your job, but you also need to like take a minute and like appreciate the fact that this is a once in a lifetime event and you're there. So you need to like, Enjoy, Enjoy the it. moment, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I always felt so lucky to be in those moments, right? That there mm-hmm. just were these really neat uh, opportunities that came along. And, uh, you know, I remember once we were doing something at the uh, El Capitan Theater and uh, <clears throat> somebody came up and said, listen, keep doing, we're just going to have you do your show, but we want to let you know that somebody's going to come in. And... It was like, oh, okay, great. And so I'm <laughs> doing the show and in runs uh, Phyllis Diller. And I don't know if you remember her, but she was, uh, she played uh, the queen yes, in, yes. in A Bug's Life. But she was a very famous <laughs> comedian that, you know, I kind of uh, always on variety shows. And anyway, there was this moment of, it wasn't just, hey, someone's coming in to watch. It, she got up in my face and then was on stage with me. And now I'm looking about this far away, you know, nose to nose with Phyllis Diller. And in my mind, I'm saying, you will process this later. Yes. You will process <laughs> this later. <laughs> because if you do it here, it will be disastrous. <laughs> you know? And I would say not the most famous of people, but certainly just that thing of how in the world did that just happen? Yeah. You know, life just gave you that... <laughs> weird moment <laughs> you know which was so great that you're so gonna great. talk about many years later yeah <laughs> on a podcast yeah well, there have been so many of those there's just been so many of those you know yeah i remember ken like when i met you at disney you know you had already gone on from being an actor now you were a show director at the parks and so like how did you make that transition from like being a performer at the parks and into a show director role? Well, I was lucky that the theater company I was working with in Fresno, I actually then became a a theater director there as, as well. So I had uh, that in my uh, background. And then I, what happened was this job that I got at the birdcage theater where you kind of think, Oh gosh, this has run for 45 years. They they'll never get rid of this. 
Uh, six months later, they got rid of it, right? So, they, <laughs> so I had moved to Southern California. But that was the first moment in my life where I went, oh, this can happen at any time. And I should have a plan. I, at that moment, realized I should have my hand in every single pot I can have my hand in. And so, you know, I, if I had an idea or I would write, I would write scripts and I'd try to meet with the people that might be able to produce them. Um, and then, you know, as far as an actor, I would audition for everything. And then, uh, you know, I would try to direct with theater companies that were in the area. So mm-hmm. it had a, uh, by the time I had, um, uh, gone to become a theater or to become a director at Disney. I had had a bit of that experience in my past. And then I, I, I got to the place where I thought, you know, um, I, I don't know that I can do this forever, that there's got to, there's a, there has to be an end game, especially, you know, I love working in the theme parks because they're, they're really like vaudeville, you know, they're, they're eight shows a day and you, and you, you really get your chops up, you know, and I, and, yeah. uh, and so anytime I kind of hear someone sort of talk, um, uh, you know, negatively about that, those experiences or those kind of jobs, I really, I'm like, Oh, you don't under, this is like going to school daily. You know, especially uh, any of the street stuff that we did, you know, out in Frontierland was really I learned so much about audiences Mm -hmm. uh, from there. But um, anyway, I, you know, I uh, by that time, I had realized that you probably can't, you know, I certainly uh, when we met, well, did we meet? uh, Was I doing the genie when we met? Or I think I, when I met you, yes. When you yeah. said you were already um, mm-hmm. directing Frozen. Okay. I think, yeah, I think you were, ha- I think it was like right in like the transition of like Frozen coming in. You might have just taken over Aladdin as the show director. Okay. Yeah. Because that, that was, there was a key moment there of running mm-hmm. up those stairs that I thought, well, <laughs> I, I don't, this is, this is coming to an end, you know. And there were so many stairs in Aladdin. If everybody, <laughs> nobody understands unless you did the show. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a, I was a thin guy for, for many years. And then I kind of, uh, you know, became a, a not so thin guy, but in Aladdin, you know, they would give you this fat suit to kind of put under the genie costume. <laughs> and I remember saying to them, I I'm cool without the suit. I brought my own home. You know, and I'm good. But there was a level of that that you would run up those stairs. There was this big giant staircase in this big production number, and you would run up. You know, a- after singing or in the middle of this song, and then you would run up these stairs, and then kind of have to come back down. And I, I would, I would go home and think, uh, you know, what happens if I have a heart attack there? You know. <laughs> I was sort of, I sort of thought what would happen is uh, that I would die on the way to the hospital as somebody was trying to take me out of the genie makeup because <laughs> Disney, Disney wouldn't want me to be seen as the genie having a heart attack. And so that's where I would, so I kind of thought I maybe should get out of this. <laughs> so that's how it, that's how that wound up becoming, hey, maybe I should pursue being a, a show director here. <laughs> You know, I was very lucky to have people who believed in me and, and, uh, but the, you know, the key to the, the answer to the question is if you're, how do I do that is really, you know, uh, be dependable, get your stuff in on time, be easy to work with. I mean, it, it seems so basic, but, um, you know, those were the things I was dependable and I was mm-hmm. quick and I, you know, so if somebody needed a script, I could write a script quickly and I got it in on the deadline. And then I was, 
uh, a collaborator. I wasn't, uh, you know, I had no precious babies, you know, that uh, my, my beautiful art, how can you, how can you, how can you be destroying Goofy's beach party bash? How, you know, I, you know, there was none of that. So that's definitely, yeah, I think like the things that you just described, that's definitely how I remember working with you is just, yeah, I mean, you're just such a great collaborator, such a great like thought partner. And you would just had this like ability to bring like levity to the room, you know, like where we just like needed, we just need to like enjoy our jobs. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and just like create, you know, that's, that's what we have to do. We're not, you know, we're not doctors, you know, we're just. Yeah, that's part of it. And I, even today, you know, I remind my teams, you know, we're in the fun business, by the way. <laughs> so why should everybody else be having fun but us? You know, I mean, really. And, and I, I'm a big believer of all of that translates through, you know, if you're enjoying it and having fun and, and uh, bringing joy and you're having joy. I think that translates through the performances and the material. And, and, um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I really, I, am I'm such a collaborator that I really love, um, coming together with people. And I, I, as a young director, I thought you had to have all the answers Mm -hmm. and, and that also translated into kind of, once I sort of became a, a leader as well, that became, you know, that's not the thing, you know, it, it really, uh, what I found was, you know, you have to have a direction. Uh, direct is in the word director, so you have to you have to have a direction, and you'll you'll all decide as you're piecing these things together if that's the right direction or if you need to adjust. But you know that what's great is that everybody's got. That's why they're all there. You know, is to help create, and so it's it's so much fun to listen to people and and um, get their ideas and their take on mm-hmm. things, and I. Um, I just, that's my favorite part of all of this, right? Is that somebody sees something that you, you know, and it's all based on their experience and their background and what they've gone through that brings this interesting idea that you in a million years would never, you know, Mm -hmm. have thought of. And it's so, ah, it's just so exciting. And then going back to when you left Disney and then officially became part of Knott's um, because you became like their entertainment creative Uh, entertainment director. Yeah. uh, uh, Vice president of entertainment there for uh, five, the five years prior to the role that I'm in now. And um, yeah, that was, you know, we were working on a bunch of different things um, uh, with the Disney and, and we'd done a bunch of different play testing things. And then at some point somebody said, um, um, Hey, would you be interested in trying to find a way to do a, a, a program that's similar to the thing that you're kind of working on uh, for us for the 75th anniversary of Ghost Town? And so I did. I brought uh, myself and Kevin Gregg, who you all know, and, mm-hmm. and Rebecca Lumiansky, and we kind of put together a thing called Ghost Town Alive, and that had a great success for them. It was really it kind of was, they had a, they, uh, they have a gentleman who's still with the company, but um, uh, Rafi Caprillion, who was this uh, really great visionary for them. And he was their GM at the time and then became, he's just kind of kept moving and moving. And I'm sure someday we'll probably, you know, run the entire thing, but he, um, he, you know, he was the supported voice behind that and really wanted that to happen. And it made a huge difference. And at the, 
you know, I was still a consultant and about halfway through the run of, of Ghost Town Alive the first year, he said, hey, would you want to come be the vice president of entertainment? And <laughs> it's like, yeah, maybe. I, you know, and now listen, here's the thing that you will all understand. And I'm not speaking negatively about uh, Frozen, but what I'm what I'm going to say to you is I had to think because we were all in the throes of putting that together. And that was yeah. an experience. It really Yes. You know, no one left unscathed. Exactly. That sums it up. <laughs> and you know, you don't want to. Anyway, you don't want to go into all the details of all of that. But at at some point, everybody was you know uh, touched positively and probably uh, you know negatively in some way, right? Mm-hmm. And so there was a moment there where that offer had come through, and I that week I was doing jury duty. And then I would go and have overnights. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. So I would sleep on the drive over to, you know, <laughs> sleep on the drive from the courthouse to work, you know, which sounds horrific, right? So <laughs> I do remember that. Without the driver. Without the driver. <laughs> that's what it felt like. I mean, that's really what it felt like was, oh, I'll catch some. Uh, you know, winks on my uh, drive. But anyway, um, so there was that moment of, well, do I want to do that? Do I really want to do that? I, I know there's there's things that I could come and I could offer and it's a new sandbox. And, and the thing that I really liked about it was, you know, I was working with a lot of IP at Disney, like the Muppets and working on a lot of uh, Star Wars stuff, stuff that's still kind mm-hmm. of coming out, you know. And, um, but that would never really be uh, mine. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or it would never be um, deeply connected to myself and a team. And uh, and so I, I thought, well, that, that's an opportunity to make a difference somewhere and and to really be on the ground level of, of changing things and changing a culture. And then the other part of it was I just was trying to figure out if I, you know, am I doing that to get out of frozen? You know, am I, <laughs> am I, I going to take a gig? But really I was just trying to get away from frozen and probably should have just said, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, so anyway, I took the, I, I, it wasn't the good news is it was that I really wanted to make a difference. And so, um, you know, we, I went over to knots and kind of, I had never had a place that was just, you know, as I mentioned, I was in so many different areas and, and, uh, had my hand in so many different pots that once I made the leap there, that was it. I was really there and I wasn't working outside. I was only working there, but, uh, you know, we did so many fun things and I uh, worked on attractions there as well. And then that kind of led to the current job that I'm in. So, yeah. you know, it goes, it all goes back to being nice and getting your stuff in on time and mm-hmm. being easy to work with, mm-hmm. you know, and that leads yeah. you down the path. I'm a very nice person. I'm easy to work with. So uh, just yes. wink, wink. No. <laughs> oh. She's always trying to pimp us somehow. <laughs> Today she's pimping herself. It's all, about, it's all about building relationships and connections, leveraging, you know, your POCs. Yeah, that's it. Well, like I said, you know. Uh, you, you can't hit unless you swing. So give a call. Yes. <laughs> right. I love that. How do you find like inspiration for like, maybe it's like, um, 
a project you're working on that you like don't really like the material. You know, you're like, oh, okay, like I guess we're do this. But like, how do you like find inspiration for something like that? That's an awesome question because early on, I had someone. Uh, I have a mentor that uh, you know owned the theater company, still owns the theater company in Fresno. His name is Dan Pisano. And Dan is, I think, just one of the most brilliant people ever. And when you think about all of the people that have come through his organization and have gone on to win multiple Tonys and all of these things, you know, they always credit Dan as being uh, this person that they really, you know, learned so much from. Um, And, and, you know, Dan taught me early on as a show director that you may not, you may not initially gravitate towards the material or you may not um, instantly love the material, but you have to find something in it as the director that you, that you like, right? You have to find something in it that speaks to you so that you can help uh, interpret it and help uh, the group bring it to life. And that's really the key to it is I I'm constantly looking for the thing that, appeals to me or what, you know, uh, you know, another thing that I learned at uh, Imagineering that I thought was really pretty fantastic. We did a lot of Myers-Briggs personality testing Mm -hmm. and we tested ourselves and we wound up, you know, in these four uh, quadrants, we wound up in kind of the upper right corner. And then we did a a test with some uh, guests and they wound up in the lower left. And to me, uh, that instantly explained that thing that we sometimes do as creatives where we go, why don't they get it? Uh-huh. You know? mm-hmm. Well, we're not designing. It turned out we were designing for us. Right. Mm-hmm. We were never designing for them. And mm-hmm. so um, that's a big one. You know, that I use that a lot with uh, if, you know, this is material that wouldn't necessarily appeal to me, but there's an audience for it. And I have to find out what they love about it. And And sometimes it's simply the thing that I love about it is that they're going to love it. Mm-hmm. Right. Then I'm going to bring uh, myself and the team are going to bring joy to them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's 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 what gets me through some of that stuff. But. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great like tip for anyone. I mean, I mm-hmm. think I think that's something that's really important. What are some of the challenges that you you deal with, um, especially, you know, working in corporate entertainment? Like is. Are there challenges where sometimes your creativity is, you know, is blocked because of just, I don't know, typical pushbacks of certain things? Yeah. In in my new role, one of the things that's happening that was never really, um, you know, um, an an issue for me, but it's it's kind of, as we're learning, you know, we're all kind of learning how we do this together uh, and the company's kind of changing and shifting is, is the, believe it or not, the naming process of things Mm -hmm. and talk about everybody's got an idea, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's the current, uh, you know, I have a list of, um, of it's a 10 page list of projects that we're working on. And here are the list of all of these potential names for the multiple projects. Mm -hmm. And, and I have found that on the 10 pages, uh, there have been two so far that everyone agrees is the right name. You know, <laughs> and then you rock paper scissor for the name, right? <laughs> well, but there's there's a level of that too. That is the it goes back to the collaboration and the you yeah. know once again <clears throat> that's the right name for you. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, once again, it's an idea. 
yeah. but but you know you try to listen and you try to be a good partner with those things and so if there is pushback it it's really you know not being afraid to ask questions but in a way that doesn't you know isn't off-putting to the uh, to your other partners but to really drill down to see okay what is it that they're chasing or what is this yeah. that you know why is there the pushback here what's the history sometimes those things come that there's a whole history of uh, well, we did that before and it didn't work. And my question is, oh, then at that point is always, okay, well, what did you learn from that? And how can we do it differently, you know, yeah. um, moving forward? But those are, I, I think, I, I mentioned that because that's kind of the current uh, challenge. And it's, and it's kind of funny in some ways too, right? Because you come back and you, at the end of the day, go, but, you know, you get we're all just naming a hot dog stand, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier being in in the room and leading uh, a team. What are the things that you enjoy the most in that role of being a leader? Well, I, I love seeing people grow and I love people. I love seeing people have success. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's huge for me. And I love that. The other thing I love is that I, I love when we can all kind of come together and and the thing I always push for is that we, it's easy enough to celebrate how, how alike we all are. It's to, if we can come together and, and be a team and, and a collective and, and kind of a group mind, but also still celebrating how different we are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, for me as a leader, that's always the thing that I love the most is that you can kind of, and it takes a while to get there, but that you can bring people together and we all believe in the same dream. And what we're trying to do and what we're trying to work toward, what the goal is. And, it, you know, and working together to leave the ego at the door, that, the, that mm-hmm. the, the, the thing we're trying to accomplish is greater than all of us, right? Uh, but we're all going to get to bring something into it. I, that's my, I've always thought of myself less of a leader and more as a, you know, I'm the obstetrician, right? <laughs> that I'm, I'm always there to help the birth, Uh <laughs> You know, yeah, I, and and it works better sometimes if I don't get in the way, you know. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, I I I had uh, about five hundred people out at Knots that I led for the past five years, and really a great team. And then now I'm I have uh, a two people, and uh, it's a bit of a you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bit of a, whoa, okay, but it's great, and I and I I love them all. I've been just so lucky to work with so many awesome people. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I was included. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, working with you is the best. If anybody yeah. out there gets a chance to work with Ken Parks, you're in that's for great. a real treat. Oh, that's very kind. Thanks. I think it depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. I I going like kind of in line with Renee's question, like we actually don't talk a lot about leadership on our podcast and that's kind of interesting. I was just thinking about that. Like we are all, we've all been leaders and we all lead teams. So, um, but I, I guess like what do you do or what traits do you try to use to foster growth within your, your team, the teams that you've led? Uh, The biggest one for me is to listen. 
Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, you know, I, I, uh, and of course, anywhere that I go that is new for me, I spend time listening and understanding and, and, you know, my, once again, my job is to kind of get us all together and move us forward and, and, and to really get us to all believe in the dream and the mm-hmm. goal. And so listening is the biggest part of it and to, and to, understand what makes us, you know, everyone tick and what, what, what's the individual uh, accomplishment that wants to happen, you know, with everybody, right? What do, what do I, what, where do I want to get to? And, and it's a little like plate spinning sometimes, especially the more people you have to lead is, you know, you're constantly sort of, you know, because everyone's at their different uh, level, you know, but you're just there. uh, And, uh, you know, so when we did the Myers-Briggs stuff, what I found out was I am as introverted as you can be, <laughs> but I'm also a feeler. So I'm as, uh, on the feeler scale, I'm as uh, high a feeler, emotional person as you can be. And I think that has, um, that has helped a lot. There's a, you know, I, I'm a nurturer and mm-hmm. I want, and so I think that has really helped, um, being a leader is that I think that uh, hopefully the teams understand. And, and once again, the other thing that I learned from Dan Pisano, that is just, just seems so basic, but never to ask anyone to do something you wouldn't do yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And to let the team see you doing it. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it isn't that uh, somehow you sit on high and, are able to tell, you know, you're there with them out in the field and you're, if there's something uh, heavy to lift and, and you're there, right. And, mm-hmm. and if you're not lifting it, at least you're there supporting it and helping them, you know, uh, really leaders are, are, should always be at the service of their teams. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I would often say that and still say that I'm here to serve you, right. I'm here to make you, your experience and your job easier. And um, so it seems to have worked. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Ken. Yeah. I love it. That's great. I think as we um, as we wrap up, do you have any like last bits of words of wisdom to share with listeners about being a director, being an actor, being now an executive, and you know. Being a uh, human, being a dad, being a husband. Well, I have an awesome, I have an awesome wife, which we've talked about, you know, it just, she's amazing. And I have an awesome son. So that part is really, is, uh, you know, I'm very lucky. And, uh, you know, we, we've said so many things uh, in our conversation, but I, I, uh, you know, don't give up. Don't mm-hmm. give up. The, the uh, idea that you know what the outcome is or what the outcome should be in life or uh, in a career is just, um, it's, that's not it. It's the, the thing is, you know, don't give up, keep going, fight for what you believe in. And it all kind of happens. And sometimes it doesn't happen in the way you expected it. But I always found that I was uh, always in a place 
when I look back, uh, it, you know, good experience or bad experience, that I was supposed to be there. I look back mm-hmm. and kind of go, you know what, I, that was, I wound up where I was supposed to be. Uh, I used to worry a lot about money when I was uh, in my 20s, you know, and oh my gosh, you know, what if I don't, what if I can't make a living doing this and, and, mm-hmm. uh, or will the phone ring? Well, the phone always seemed to ring or I, you know, I mean, I ate a lot of ramen and, you know, <laughs> as we all have in our, in our life, but uh, that's okay. That that's part of the experience. But the thing that, uh, and that it used to be sort of crippling. My thoughts on money used to be absolutely crippling uh, to me, you know. And then one day I realized I had always had shoes, and mm-hmm. so uh, and I think that you know when you were asking the question earlier about you know when you're in those experiences and and how do you find the joy in those things? I think if you drill down to the basics. If we all remember at some point, uh, as we're arguing for our, you know, our, uh, peace to be heard or our thing to be produced, we're still floating on a ball in space that we have no control of. <laughs> <Right. No. laughs> so on some level, right. Just go with it. You're good. Just, just don't right. give up. That's the other part. Just don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, Ken. Gosh. It's so fun. Yay. <laughs> You're so inspiring. It's just very inspirational conversation. And thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, I thank, thank you all. And thanks for being such a part of, you know, our, our journey together. You know, yeah. isn't it, it's just so awesome. I, I, you know, there are all these things that we, we, all of us, we don't know what kind of impact we have on one another. Um, Cause we're so caught up in the, mm-hmm. in what we're doing. And then, you know, you get back to moments like these and, and, uh, I, I can't, I don't know when the last time I've thought about uh, that smoking jacket and <laughs> Santiago Cortez. I would have probably forgotten. And as I'm getting older, it's easier to forget everything, right? I think, I, I think you need to, I think you need to resurrect Santiago and incorporate him somewhere in one of your entertainment offerings. Well, well maybe he'll stop by, maybe he'll stop by your podcast sometime. <laughs> <laughs> from yes. yes please no. do <laughs> no. I love it yeah it's so sweet well thank you all thank thanks so you. much Ken. Thank, thank you Ken thank you for the time we know that this you're busy we're many uh-huh. hours apart and thanks Thank you, Don, for being our technician over there. <laughs> She's so awesome. She's so awesome. Yeah. Big hugs to you and her. And just th- congratulations on everything. We are oh, very proud. You. We are honored to say that we know you. And mm-hmm. thank you for being, for joining us today. Because this, this, this has been great. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about Ken and his career in the theme park entertainment industry, you can check him out on LinkedIn at Ken Parts. Again, Ken Parts on LinkedIn. Yes, and please be sure to subscribe to all of our podcast platforms so you can stay up to date on all of our latest shenanigans. And hey, while you're at it, go ahead and write us a quick little review letting us know what you think about the podcast. We love hearing from you. We post new episodes of What the Fun Podcast every other Friday. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone.